Good morning and hello again. Uh, my name is Forrest, by the way, Forrest Calhoun. Uh, my wife uh, reminded me to introduce myself, sorry. So uh, uh, we are actually youth pastors here at Liberty, and uh, we are filling in for Pastor Jessica and Ian this morning. So, uh, yeah, so with that, I just want to say that movie, Run the Race. That's going to be awesome, so if you can make it out of that, that would be great. Uh, speaking of Run the Race, uh, we're going to start a brand new series today, two-part series, this week and then next Sunday, titled Run to Win. What a coincidence, right? Run the race, run to win. So we're going to talk about what it means to run to win. What does that mean? We're going to break it down. And uh, we're talking about running the race of life and what that means. So if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 to 27, this is our foundational scripture. And it says, Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. And this is Paul speaking, by the way. When I was with the Jews, I lived like the Jews to bring the, new, the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under the law, even though I am not subject to the law. I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles, who do not follow the Jewish laws, I too live apart from the law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share and its blessings. So Paul right here is talking about when he's with the Jews, he does things to the Jews. When he's with the Gentiles, he does things with the Gentiles. When he's with the weak, he shares in their weakness. Paul is basically saying that, hey, to win people to Christ, you've got to be relatable. You've got to relate to them. You've got to find common ground with them. You can't just go, well, I'm better than you. You know, I, I got it all together, and I'm better than you, and you need, to, you need to pick up the slate and follow me. That's not how we win people to Christ. Paul is saying, hey, find common ground with them. Share their weakness with them. Share something about you that you may be struggling with, or your weakness, and then how that faith and how God's helped you overcome that. So Paul here is saying, to win people to Christ, you've got to be relatable and find that common ground. And the next, uh, verse 24 says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? You ever been in a race? You ever seen a track race or something? You ever seen a race and then it says start and then somebody just starts walking? No, they run. Everyone runs in a race. But only one person gets the prize. In a track race, only one person gets the prize. There's only one first place. So in life, there's a prize at the end. So run to win. That's what we're going to encourage you to do is run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. There's a race that we all are running, and it's called life, and at the end there's eternal glory waiting for us. You can see the finish line, and it says eternal life, and we run that race to it. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. So Paul's saying right here in the scripture, he's not just following people what they do. 
he, he is, every step of the way in his life, he's making it his purpose. He runs for purpose. So he's not just following somebody else's example. He's, he's studying the Word. He's living it out. And that's what we're going to encourage you to do today. I discipline my body, verse 27, like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might be, I might be disqualified. So what does it mean to run to win? What does that mean, to run to win? The Apostle Paul teaches us what is required to win people to Christ. But he also gives us a formula for what it takes to win in life. Marriage, family, finances, or business. So in this scripture, the foundation scripture we just read, verse uh, Romans 9, 19-27, or not Romans, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 9, 19-27, Paul gives us a formula to how to win a life. Marriage, family, finances, or business. So running to win means living a life that brings people to Christ. We learn that in the scriptures. Paul does everything to bring people to Christ. So running a race means bringing people to Christ. A life that not only pursues people, so you're not just pursuing people, but that attracts people to Christ in you. So people see Christ in you. So you are the light in the darkness. There was a song Heather was singing earlier and says, the light in the darkness. We are that light because God is in us. Christ is in us. So we are the light in the darkness. And that light in the darkness is what attracts people to Christ. So winning people to Christ and winning in life goes hand in hand. Our personal victory, I want you to replace that word our with mine. My personal victory validates the authority of Christ in our lives. So as a believer, as children of God, God places authority in our lives. He gives us authority. God says you're a child of God, you're a love, and you have authority in your life over this world. You have authority over fear. You have authority over sickness. You have authority over anything in life because God's Word says you do. Amen. Amen? So, our personal victory validates the authority of Christ in our lives. I mean, think about it. It's hard for me, and it's probably hard for you too, to tell a person, hey, you need what I got. You need Jesus. I got Jesus. You need what I got. It's hard for me to say that when they look at my life and they see me relationally, financially, emotionally, and often, uh, and off, I can't say the word. Often, I can't say it. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. But anyways, uh, struggling in your job. <laughs> Defeated. So, if you're trying to win somebody across and you're saying, hey, you should, you should, you should believe in Jesus. You should believe in Jesus Christ. He is the Lord and Savior. You should follow Christ. If you're telling somebody to do that and they look at your life and they say, yeah, but you're living paycheck to paycheck and you haven't paid your bills. If that's what living for Jesus is about, then you know, I don't know if I want that. You know, that's financially. You're not being that light. Uh, marriage. Yeah, you should, you should live for Jesus. Yeah, but you're separated from your wife or your husband. You know, that's... If that's what living for Christ is about, then I may not want that. So it's hard for me to tell somebody, you need what I got, if we're, they look at my life and, and they see that we're defeated in those areas. 
So how do we do it? How do we win in these areas of our lives? How do we win people to Christ and win in life? And that's the big question, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to spend the next two weeks diving into five principles, five principles that empower us to win. Five simple truths when connected together to produce personal victory and transformational wins in other people's lives. Today we're going to talk about three principles. And next week you got to come back for the next two. So today we're diving in into the three. So let's dive in. The first truth is we have to plan to win. We have to plan to win. We need a vision and a strategy for victory. We have to define the win so we know what we are fighting for. First Corinthians 9.26 says, So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. So you have to plan to win. I want to use sports for example. Every sports team that plays a game, the outcome is to win the game, right? Amen. They play the game to win, right? That, that's the outcome. That, that's the big picture. Okay? They know the outcome. Okay, let me bring it to life now. In life, when you work, you plan to work to make money, right? Have you ever walked up and said, I'm going to go to my job and, and, and do bad and get fired on purpose so I, I can't pay the bills? Anybody ever plan to do that when they wake up? No, right? You, you plan to work so you can provide for your family. Anybody ever plan, I want to get married so that way I can uh, uh, ha- have a bad marriage and someday get divorced. Anybody ever plan that? No, that don't make any sense. No, you plan your, your end goal, the outcome of marriage, is so you can have a happy life and, and live together and have kids and raise a family. That's the outcome. That's the outcome. We all get the outcome and the end result in mind. We can see that. But here's Paul teaching us is we got to have a plan to get there. Amen. And that's the problem a lot of Christians. They, they want the outcome. They have that, but they don't have a plan to get to the outcome. And that's why there's so many struggles in finances and marriages and family and business and so on and so forth. So we got to have a plan and we got to have a strategy for victory. And sports, they got to have a strategy for victory. They got to know, okay, we know we got to win so we can advance. Okay, but how do we get there? We make a plan and then they watch film. Right? They watch film and stuff. They strategize. Well, this person does this, so if you do this, they strategize. And we got to do that with life, too. We got to strategize in life <clears throat> for victory. And we have to define the win. And you got to know what you are fighting for. So Paul says he was running with purpose. He was not just shadow boxing. Paul knew what he was fighting for, and that was souls. I want you to ask yourself, what does victory look like? What are the steps you need to take to attain victory and how do you define spiritually, spiritual, relational, financial, emotional, and occupational victory? Hey, I said the word. Praise Jesus. Uh, occupational victory. How do you define the victories in those areas of your life? That's the question. If you don't know when you have scored, then you never can win. If you don't know you scored a touchdown, you don't know you scored the, the winning basket, you don't know you scored you know, the most points in a, in a track race, you don't know you scored in life, how do you know you're going to win? 
You got to keep counting the story. So purpose in your heart that you are going to take time to make a plan, define the wins, and develop a strategy for victory. And then write it down. Write it down. You know, in finances, people do a budget, right? That's a plan. A budget is a plan. That's a plan. They write it down, okay, they budget, they, and they, they make a plan. But what if we take it a step and do that in other areas of our life? Like marriage, you know, like let's say you're struggling in marriage. Make a plan, say, you know what, husbands, the Bible says love your wives. You know, I know I want to raise our kids, I know I want to uh, be happy and, and thrive in our marriage. So make a plan maybe to, hey, once a month or once every week or twice a month or whatever it may be, I'm going to take my wife out to eat. Just me and her. You know, make that your plan. That's a strategic plan to build that relationship and to grow in the marriage. Wives to your husbands. Maybe, you know, because the Bible says respect your husbands. So maybe if he's at home, if you're at home and he's at work, make a plan and say, hey, I'm going uh, to clean this, you know, I'm going to do the dishes every day this week or something like that. You know, whatever it may be. Know your husband's and wives, your spouse's love language and speak them. That's a strategic plan. <clears throat> so the second truth is we have to prepare. So we plan and then we prepare. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to prepare spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, relationally, and financially. Paul calls it discipline. We have to discipline ourselves. Training or preparation. This is the grunt work that happens in private that produces public victory. Okay. This is really cool because I like to use sports analogies. So we have to prepare. How do you all know when you watch a sports game, the coaches don't just say, hey, we're having a game today, so just show up and play. No, throughout the week, they what? Practice. They practice. They don't just go to practice and just throw the ball around, though, right? They 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 practice steps. They they stretch. They do their stretches. They have a routine of things they do, and it's called fundamentals. They practice the fundamentals, and this is really cool. God says the same for us. The fundamentals of being a Christian. How many y'all know as a Christian you don't grow out of fundamentals? It's not like hey, there's a well. I got this level of my Christianity, so now I don't have to do this no more. No, it's fundamentals. So we have to prepare ourselves. So we have to read daily, read the Word, listen to the Word, whatever it may be, to podcasts or uh, people preaching or whatever it may be. Worship. Worship is a fundamental. Prayer. Prayer is a fundamental. Fasting. Fasting is fundamental. These are things that every Christian, no matter what, you know, how long they've been saved or nothing, or how long they have to do because it's a fundamental thing. And the cool thing I love about fundamentals is there can be a great team. Like I think about football a lot, and there, there could be like the, the stacked players, the most stacked players on a team, but yet they can lose to a team that's, quote, on screen or on paper, less talented. But they practice the fundamentals and they're, and they're executing the fundamentals more than the team with most talents. So the things about fundamentals is fundamentals is the key to winning in life. Amen. Amen. 
So we have to prepare. 1 Corinthians 9, 25 and 27 says, All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So Paul even said that all athletes are disciplined in their training. So we have to be disciplined in our training. Uh, verse 27 says, I discipline my body like an athlete, train it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So Paul here is saying he trains his body like an athlete. We train our spiritual lives like an athlete. We have to read and pray and fast and do the fundamental things that I just talked about. We have to train our bodies to be like Christ. So that way, he says, I fear that preaching to others that I might be disqualified if he doesn't. Have you ever went into something unprepared? And then you, you maybe it was speaking or maybe it was like a job or something. And you went to a job with no, no tools. You can get stuff accomplished, right? Like you do sheetrock. If you go to sheetrock without a ladder or without the sheetrock, how do you get the job done? You have to be prepared. So the second truth is we have to be prepared. And because of that, because many Christians are not uh, prepared, many Christians aren't winning people to Christ because of that. They're not prepared to share the Gospels. Yeah, I may read the Bible. I read the Bible, but I just don't feel comfortable to share the Gospel. They're not prepared to engage spiritually. They don't know Scripture, and they have never prayed for another person out loud. The truth is, many Christians are losing a life because they don't prepare. So I want you to ask yourself, church, ask yourself what you are doing like an athlete to to prepare spiritually, relationally, financially, or occupationally victory. What are you doing to prepare for those victories in your life? What are you doing? And the third truth. The third truth is we have to pray. So we plan. So Paul teaches us we have to make a plan, and then we got to prepare for that plan. But then we have to pray. Prayer changes things because it changes us. Prayer changes us. Prayer prepares the hearts of the people we are trying to win to cross. And prayer opens doors of opportunity for victory in every area of our lives. Amen. Prayer is the key to overcoming defeat in our lives. You know, like I was sharing in, uh, in the... Uh, about the corona, the paper, choose prayer or panic. If you choose panic, you're, you're saying I'm defeated. You're choosing fear, you're saying I'm defeated. But prayer changes that. You can choose prayer and pray over that. Say, you know, declare God's word over your life. No, I, no sickness has no authority over my life because the authority given to me says I am overcomer over that. That's an example. And there's other stuff too you can use. So prayer changes us. And prayer prepares our hearts for the people we're trying to win across as well. And it opens doors of opportunity for victory in every area of our lives. So 1 Corinthians 9.23 says, I do everything to spread the good news and share it and its blessings. Amen. Amen. Everything you do to spread the good news and share its blessings. You know why we're here on earth? We're here for two reasons. Him and them. Him and them. That's what we're here for. So everything we do, we have to prepare, plan, prepare, and pray that the good news is being shared to everyone. 
<clears throat> Paul says he does everything to spread the gospel. Prayer is everything. Everything rises and falls upon prayer. Prayer connects us to God, His heart, His strategy, and His vision. How do you know we can talk to God, right? Amen. Let me just call him right now. Oh, wait, he don't have a cell phone. You can't talk to him on a cell phone. You can't talk to him on uh, pay phone. I don't even know if pay phone still exists anymore. But you can't, you can't talk to him with human things. The Holy Spirit, when we become new, uh, born again, lives inside of us, and He is the communication between us and the Father through Jesus Christ. So we have to pray to talk to Him. We have to pray to connect to God. And that's why prayer changes everything. And we need to know more of God, His heart, His strategy, His vision. You know, I hear people say all the time, I'm just waiting on God to tell me uh, my plan in my life. And they just wait and wait and wait, and then they their whole life not knowing God's plan. You know why that is? Because they don't connect with God. They don't pray. They don't connect. So we must connect and know His heart, His strategy, His vision. Prayer prepares us and others to receive and do the things that matter most. Prayer supernaturally accomplishes what we cannot or what we can never accomplish. Prayer keeps us grounded in the time of, time of victories that eternally matter. Paul said we are fighting for an eternal prize. Amen. Amen. I remember you know, the election four years ago, right? The, the church body came together and prayed and they connected to God. And because of that, the election, and there's an election this year coming, uh, happening, and the church body is going to come together and they're going to connect to God and they're going to pray. And because of their prayers, God's going to hear our prayers. Now what would happen if we, if we didn't connect to God and we didn't pray? You know, how much different will our nation be right now? You know, that's just a, that's a huge example. That's a big deal. So prayer connects us to God. 1 Corinthians 9.25 says, All athletes are disciplined in their training. All athletes are disciplined in their training. And it says, you know, they do it to win a prize that will fade away. May it be a trophy, national championship, Super Bowl, uh, I don't know what they get in track, maybe medals, uh, whatever it may be. All athletes do it for a prize that will fade away. And most of the time, it fades away in a year. Honestly, you know, it's, as a sports fan, I watch sports, I'm like, oh, they're, they're the champion, and then next year it's like, oh, they're not champion no more. You know, it fades away in, in less than a year. But our prize will last forever. Our prize will last forever. So as we wrap up the first part of this message, let me ask you a question. Do you have a plan? What are you doing to prepare to fulfill that plan? And how much time are you investing in prayer? We can win. God says you can win. We run to win. We run to win. We can win people to Christ and we can win in life. God says you can do it. We can win. God's word works if we work His word. God's word works if we work His word. Amen? Amen. Uh, Haley, if you're can you go ahead and come up here.
So let's work it. Let us run to win. Because life is hard. I get that. There's ups and downs, hills and valleys. But you know, God promises that he's there every step of the way. He's in the hills and the valleys. So we can connect to him anytime, no matter the situation. Easy, hard, no matter what it is. We can connect. So let's, let's make a plan. Let's make a plan to win. Nobody wants to plan to lose. I'm super competitive. I've never done a plan to lose. I don't care what it is. It could be playing foosball with a five-year-old. I plan to win, <laughs> no matter what it is. So how, how, how much more important and value is our eternal life Amen. than a foosball game? Plan to win. And then after you plan, prepare to win. Amen. Prepare. Strategize. Watch the film of your life. Look back. Reflect. See, okay, what did I do and what did I do different? And then prepare yourself. And then the last thing is pray. Pray. Connect to God. God, what is your heart? God, I want to know you. God, what is your vision for my life? What is... What, what do you have me to do? How, how can I live my life so differently that no matter what darkness awaits, no matter how much fear and panic is in this world, no matter how much hate is in the world, that when they look at me, they see you because the light in me. God, how can I connect to you? Help me connect to you so that way they can see the light and the darkness. God calls us to be a lamp on a hill. How do y'all know if we turn the lights off in this building, every light's off, and we turn a candle out, a lot of candle back there, we can see that light. Imagine if we was all the candles and the light of darkness. Every single one of us was that. A candle. The whole church. Imagine everybody in the church, the church body, in time of darkness, they can see Christ. So this morning as we, uh, as Haley plays his song of worship, I want you to just worship God for who He is. But before we do that, I want every head bow, eyes closed. And if here this morning, and maybe you know Christ, let's say Christ is your Savior and the Lord and Savior, and you're here this morning, but you haven't been winning at life. And you don't have a plan, or you haven't been preparing the way, or you haven't really connected to God. I want to encourage you to start that plan, to prepare that way and pray. And I want to encourage you to find somebody that can pray with you. If, that, if that's you here this morning, just raise your hand. Slip your hand up. If you're not winning at life because you're lacking in these areas. Praise God. Maybe you're here this morning. And, you hear, and you're hearing us talk about Christ and reaching people to Jesus. But maybe you don't know Jesus. But God says, today's the hour. You know, this is the hour. Today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. So if you're here this morning and you've never been born again, you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you would like to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, so you can win at life, and not only win alive, but have that eternal glory 
Just lift your hand up. Need a few more seconds. Step of faith. That's all God's asking for. Step of faith. Hallelujah. I want to pray and then we're going to stand on our feet and we're going to worship God because He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and He's worthy of all praise. And He gives us life. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to You. I thank You, Jesus, that You are the God, God of uh, miracles, God of victories, and, and God, that You love us so much that You died for us and that You give us these tools to win at life and to run the race with excellence. So I, my prayer, Lord, for the church is that we uh, we keep the faith. We practice the fundamentals. We make a plan. We prepare the way. And we, and we connect to you, God. We know more and more of you. Today, in the Father, Lord, we just come to you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.